They want to have a meeting with me, right? It will be me, McCluskey, and Seletza. Let's set the meeting. Get our informers to find out where it's going to be held. Now, we insist it's a public place, a bar, a restaurant, some place where there's people so I feel safe. They're going to search me when I first meet them, right? So I can't have a weapon on me then. But if Clemenza can figure a way to have a weapon planted there for me, Then I'll kill them both. <laughs> hey, what are you gonna do? Nice college boy, huh? Didn't want to get mixed up in the family business? Now you want to gun down a police captain, what, because he slapped you in the face a little bit? Huh? What do you think, this is the army where you shoot him a mile away? You gotta get him close like this, and bing you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. Come in. Ah, you're taking this very personal. Tom, this is business, and this man is taking it very, very personal. Where does it say that you can't kill a cop? Come on, Mikey. Tom, wait a minute. I'm talking about a cop that's mixed up in drugs. I'm talking about a, a, a dishonest cop, a crooked cop who got mixed up in the rackets and got what was coming. That's a terrific story. We have newspaper people on the payroll, don't we, Tom? They might like a story like that. They might. They just might. It's not personal, son. It's strictly business. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Dave Juskow Podcast. It's a chilly November evening on a Wednesday. Yeah, taping back on Wednesdays again, and welcome to the podcast. I already said that. Obviously, I have nothing else to say. We might as well call it a, call it a day. But here we are, the week before Thanksgiving. Things are getting all out of control. People are getting crazy with their plans, their food, their, in, their eating intake. Or is that just me, Dave Juskow? As we talked about last week, I can't stop eating. Hey. Well, we've got a great show for you tonight. Uh, I mean, starting it out with The Godfather. You know, last Christmas, I uh, did Christmas with The Godfather for the Christmas Eve show. I just read from The Godfather script. I think I'll do it again this year. Why shouldn't I? And the big news is, it was decided yesterday, the meeting has been set it will be me, McCluskey, and Salazzo at either a bar or a restaurant somewhere where I'll feel safe doing what I like to call the Year of the Godfather. I will be doing once a month, but of course we'll start with the first one and see if that goes well. Then there may be no more. On January 26th, 2016, uh, a year I, I, I never thought I'd be alive to see. Uh, at the Comedy Cellar Village Underground, 
their sister location where I do the Tom Papa show on occasion. I will be doing a reading of The Godfather with uh, actors, comedians, special guest stars, and Amanda Lynn. It's going to be unbelievable. January 26th. The date has been set, unless I choose to change it because apparently there's a Patrice O'Neill benefit that day and some of the comics that we're going to use might be at that thing. Well, that's not good, but who cares, right? Patrice has been dead for 20 years. And The Godfather is a 50-year-old movie. Does anybody care about any of this? So, there it is. I'm just looking at something in the headphones. Yeah, that's better. You know, I like to hear myself talk. <laughs> Everybody knows that, obviously. So what I did was I made some cut-ups of The Godfather. So, for instance, um, what I'm trying to say is, uh, like that scene we just heard, it will have to be somewhere where I feel safe, a bar, a restaurant, a gay bathhouse, you know, be gags like that. <laughs> gags like that. There's no way to lose. If you know The Godfather, you're going to love it. If you hate The Godfather, you're going to love it. And if you don't care for anything, you're going to love it. It's going to be a good time. The first episode, January 26, 2016, will take place from Connie's wedding to the demise of Jack Waltz International. Uh, I just want to say I admire your pictures very much. So here's the way I'm going to do it. Uh, I have not threatened you or any way. I just come here as a friend of the client. I don't know how, what the line is exactly. I don't have the stuff here with me. And it'll be like, and the guy's just staring at him. He's like, uh, oh, by the way, I enjoy your pictures very much. Something like that. I don't know. I'm not doing it right. But look, I'll get it right. And we'll all enjoy the show. And it's going to be unbelievable. The Village Underground, the Comedy Cellar. I'm going to be performing at the Comedy Cellar. I'll put together this whole show. If we do it monthly, I bet you De Niro shows up one week because he was there last week. He was there last Monday. No, this Monday. He was at the Comedy Cellar because there was a benefit. He comes down sometimes. He's working on a project, a screenplay that Jeff Ross wrote, which apparently, uh, I don't know, now they're dicking him around where I guess he's going to be a ghostwriter. I don't know why. But he wrote the script for De Niro. They were hanging out for a while. How about this Jeff Ross guy? You believe this guy? So maybe after a while we can get some uh, people to come. I don't know. You know me. You know, I got the project, and then, you know, it's like it's like this podcast. And I have, you know, in, in July or the beginning of August, I'm like, okay, okay. It's coming September. Let's really go for the podcast. I hired a publicist. You know, I'm gonna, I made up the calendar. I'm like, here's the guests. Here's the plan. We're going to film at a bar every month. We're, you know, once a month, we're going to also do, you know, a live show. So, and, and now it's just me every week in my house. What happened? Did I get dejected? Did I give up? Is it a metaphor for my career and my existence? I don't know. I don't think so. I think I've just been... I know I keep saying it every week. I, don't, I just... I feel like I'm not giving the public what they want. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying I don't want to give the people... But it's like I never know if I'm going to do it on Wednesday or Thursday, so it's hard to lock somebody down. you know. But meanwhile, again, we've spoken about it a hundred times. I'm not going to mention it again. 
you know, we don't need a guest. We're having a good time ourselves, right? Uh, my friend Lee Maracas uh, called me. They wanted me to go to the game on Sunday, the Giants-Patriots game. They didn't have a ticket for me, but they know I just like to tailgate. Sometimes I like to have the ticket. I like to go in and then leave at the half. Yeah, I don't like to leave right after the tailgate. I'm completely polluted, you know. I've got to take a little break. So uh, one of their one of his friends was there, and he's like, hey, where's that Damone guy? <laughs> I guess what I was doing it all last time. I was just like, listen, this is a really great tailgate. Well, I got to tell you, this is a... I mean, isn't this great? Because wherever I am is the place to be. Hey, Debbie, isn't this great? Oh, listen, by the way, people, I got those Earth, Wind, and Fire tickets. When they come in, I'm definitely going to let you know. But that's the big news. It's a bunch of Godfather stuff. Who doesn't love it? Who doesn't love it? We set the meeting. It'll be me. You want to have a meeting with me, right? Yeah. It will It'll be, be me, me, McCluskey, McCluskey and Solazzo. Let's set the meeting. A place where I feel safe. Get our informers to find out where it's going to be held. Now, we insist it's a public place, a bar, a, bar, a restaurant, restaurant, a gay bathhouse. I don't know why I keep but that line came to my head. <laughs> I don't know. What am I doing? How's this going to make me money? How's this going to help anybody? Well, I suppose if it puts laughs out there, then it's important. Because we need them. It's a Paris thing. It's not good. You know, it's funny. I mean, I, I didn't know what was going on. I mean, I guess nobody knew. And the way I found out about the Paris attacks was through uh, a girl that used to live in my building who I was very attracted to. And she's really pretty. I mean, she's ridiculously pretty, but she was really young. But she liked me because she's French. Age difference didn't make a difference. You know what I'm saying? You people know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, her mother liked me, too. It was a little awkward. Anyway, they moved back to Paris. So I got a Facebook message from her saying, Apolline is safe from the Paris attacks. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? You know, I'm looking at the thing and I'm like, I don't get it. Where do I like this? How, do I, how can I like this? Uh, I'm glad she told me because certainly I would have been like, oh, I hope she, she could, cause she could have been at that concert because she's young and cool. But I'm glad she's safe. Uh... But that's how I found out. I'm like, what are they talking about? And then they, you know, yipes. What happened? These people suck. Fuck ISIS. Fuck their stupid beliefs. You know that magazine where they fucking went in and killed all the people working on a comic book? You believe this? You believe these people? Uh, well, that magazine put out a really awesome cover today um, it's in French it's uh, the name of the magazine is Charlie Heb Hebdo il en l'est en mers en l'air en l'air champagne did I do that right champagne it says screw them we got champagne they got weapons screw them we've got champagne and there's a cartoon, if you take a look at it, I'm looking at it now, where the guy is, there's a man gleefully drinking champagne as it pours out of the holes in his body. 
And they're just basically saying, go fuck yourselves. You guys are dumb. You don't do anything correct. You don't enjoy life at all because you're idiots. You're idiots. I like that. That magazine, they don't back down. A lot of their staffers got killed. They got to keep it up just for the memory of those people. It's unbelievable. What is the matter with those people? Yeah, those people. That's one thing I think you can be prejudiced about, right? Fuck those radical Islams. It's not cool. And they suck. And they can go fuck themselves. And they're a horrible race of people. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Nobody, I mean, nobody's going to say that. Nobody's going to be like, how can you say that? Again, I'm not talking about Muslims. I'm talking, you know, we know there's a bunch of bad apples. But I'd like to say before I leave that the Italian people are some of the finest people I've ever met. And I would hate for a few bad apples to do. You know, I'm planning on also doing The Godfather 2. It's going to be a, it's a year-long project. So in six months, I go through the entire Godfather movie, and then the next six months is Godfather 2, which I'm a little worried about because Godfather 2 seems a little bit more serious than Godfather 1, but you know what? Fuck it. We're going we're gonna to try it. So I had a meeting with the owner. At the meeting was set. It's going, it was me, the owner of the Comedy Cellar, McCluskey, <laughs> and uh, he met with me yesterday. I went down to the Comedy Cellar. He, for, he put me on the podcast. His name is Noam. He's amazing. They have a Comedy Cellar podcast. I was treated as a as a as a comic. He was like Dave Juskow is is the funniest guy in the city. I mean, I mean that's that's I mean that is high praise. Okay, we are talking about the people that have Louis C.K., Amy Schumer, Chris Rock all playing there, and they say I'm the funniest guy. I mean that is unbelievable. Makes me very happy. Makes me feel welcome and wanted at a place where in my life. Maybe I don't feel so good that way, you know? They've been nothing but nice to me there. The exact opposite of ISIS, where they really don't care for me or my people. But they do, and he goes, let's just do it. Why are we having this meeting? Let's just try it. Let's try it. Like, oh, God, I've been waiting for a guy like that my entire life. Let's just do it. What do we, what do we have the meeting for? Oh. He's into, like, you know, different kind of stuff, creativity, stuff like that. I have been waiting for a person like this my whole life. He also told me that the way he, uh, you know, he owns the comedy cellar, and the way he got the building, the way his, I think his mom bought it, or his dad. No, I'm sorry, his dad owned it, and it was Robert De Niro's mother who was integral in working out the deal, so they got it, so they could afford it and buy it. How cool is that? De Niro's mother was involved. Come on. I mean, it would be better if Scorsese's mother was involved because she's hilarious. She's hilarious in every movie. I don't like it. I want him to settle down with the nice girl. I like this painting. I like this painting. You got one dog looking this way. You got one dog looking this way. You got this guy going, I don't know what's going on here. (laughs) And then after that, we'll do the Goodfellas reading, right? I mean, why not? Let's go for it all. If it keeps working, we'll just keep doing it. Uh, Henry, you're a very bad boy, Henry. You're a very bad boy. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm all over the place. So anyway, last Thursday when I left you, I went down to the Jets game. That was a disaster. Thank God I was smart. I'm a true Jets fan, as you can tell, and I didn't want to talk about it because I knew 
I knew the next day. I, I knew they were going to lose. I'm a true Jets fan. I knew they were going to lose. That's what they do. They disappoint. Oh, such a bummer. They were right there. And it could have been an epic victory. I mean, epic, especially over Rex Ryan. Ugh. I don't know what happened to them. It's a major bummer. I went down to Maxwell's, had a couple of beers. I was having a good time. Then at halftime, I left. I went back home. I was glad. Kenny wanted to leave. He was going out somewhere, but they uh, we went in a cab. And then I was like kind of glad, and I was pretending I didn't have diarrhea, but I totally did. And then I had to take a cab home. Normally, I would have taken the city bike home, but I, I don't know what happened. I don't know how it happens. I don't know why. My stomach wasn't feeling that great before I left, but I'm like, I'm going to do it anyway. And I made it home in time. Everything was fine. <laughs> and I love it, too. You know, as long as I'm going home. It is not fun when you have a whole night out planned. But then I usually try and take precautions for that, you know, very careful. But sometimes it's just panic and nerves. Like I had to take the subway down there and then walk there and it was a little late and maybe I was panicking. I don't know. And uh, so then Friday, remember I was supposed to, Sarah Silverman had a big show at BAM, the Brooklyn Academy of Music. I mean, thousands of people. It was sold out. And she it was Sarah Silverman and friends. She had a whole bunch of people. I told you I was like, eh, I really don't want to go because I really just can't stand sitting through comedy. But she's like, please, you know, like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, what am I going to do? So I was worried about it all day. Got a text saying, I didn't make it to the city. I can't get on the plane. I have explosive diarrhea. And I'm like, you know what? I love Sarah Silverman. I mean, how much are we alike? Are we not the best of friends? She couldn't even get on the fucking plane to come to New York because she had explosive diarrhea. Me, I can usually work it out. Hers is worse than mine. And I, you know what? I mean, is it because she's a vegetarian? Now, everybody knows what I eat. I mean, let's just cut to Monday night. Now, Monday night, I went out for wings, you know, with Murphy, Ashley, my friend Lee, and a couple of his bar members from uh, this place called Urba. Now, Murphy, Chris Murphy, the great Chris Murphy, he's my friend. He's my pal. Uh, you know, we've just been going there for years. But he's been mixing it up lately. He's been getting other food at this place, Lansdowne Road. So about a month ago, he tried the quesadillas and put chili in them. And they were amazing. My mouth was watering. I can't stop thinking about them. They were amazing. But first, first, remember first, uh, we talked about it, he tried the buffalo nachos, and then that next week, I had to get the buffalo nachos. I mean, I still obviously have to get at least 10 wings. And then he got the buffalo nachos, but it, wasn't, it didn't hold up from the first day. But the chili quesadillas, he always gives me one. I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. But I got to stick to the wings. That's why we're here. It's Monday Night Wings. So the next week, he got, they have a gumbo, and he got that. And it was amazing. The sausage in it was perfect. He gave me a couple of pieces. I'm like, oh, my God, this is good. So he was, like, texting me all week. He's like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm like, listen, we're going to change the hours. We're going to go a little earlier. Are you okay with that? He goes, yeah, listen, here's my plan. And he texts me this. I'm going to get the quesadillas with the chili but I'm going to ask them if they could put the sausage in it as well and I'm like that's that's fucking brilliant that's fucking brilliant damn and it was killing me because I'm like I just want to go for the wings but that sounds amazing so I got it too I mean he had to go to the manager and be like do you think you can do this he's like well I guess <laughs> you know it was like a big to do you didn't add the sausage in this thing, but 
Oh my god, were they good? I left one over because I had to. Because I, I also had ten wings. I mean, you're eating chili, sausage, wings, beer. And I think I had a martini before I, I left at the other bar. I mean, you're just asking for it. You're asking for it. Meanwhile, I felt fine. No diarrhea. <laughs> I, I mean, how is that possible? And then Thursday, what? Did, I didn't even eat anything Thursday. So, I mean, Sarah's eating like a vegetarian. Sarah's a vegetarian. She's eating healthy. And she had so bad explosive diarrhea, she couldn't get on a plane. And you just heard what I ate. And that was only Monday. I haven't told you about Saturday yet. And I, I don't know. I walk around on a daily basis. I mean, I have problems, but I can usually, you know, get rid of it. And we move on. She couldn't get on the plane to go to the show. They had to cancel the show at BAM. I felt horrible for it. She didn't seem to care. She's like, yeah, I just put uh, Amy on it. You know, her manager who's winning the football pool. Like, yeah, I just put Amy on. She'll handle it. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's going to be the worst job ever. If you think managing like a celebrity like that is fun, think about that. Nobody ever thinks of that. It's like, boy, my life is very exciting. I get to do very exciting things. I, uh, you know, I'm uh, Sarah Silverman's manager. And then you're like, oh, listen, I need you to cancel that show. Excuse me? Yeah, you just got to tell the like thousand people or two thousand people, whatever it is that seats there, that um, yeah, I'm not doing it, and it's not going to be rescheduled. Uh huh. Yeah, that's a thankful, thankless job. That probably wasn't a lot of fun for her. What are you going to do? She got sick. I was thrilled. I didn't want to go. So then all of a sudden, my weekend completely freed up because she wasn't in town. So then I had nothing to do. I did nothing on Friday, but you know what? I had, a, I had an early spin class at 7.30 a.m. It was the only one that was open. So Friday night, I was a mess anyway because I was so worried. You know, I had to wake up at like 5.30, 6 o'clock to, you know, prepare because I have to travel. I can take the city by 2 the class. But it was a pretty good class because it's the first class, so you can go in early so there's not a huge crowd. I go to the, It's the smallest soul cycle around. So there's a lot of room. Like, normally when I come out of the class, I'll wait for people to go in the next class so I can just kind of take my time. I'm never in a rush, you know, go to the locker and change and everything. Uh, but, I mean, oh, my God, it was early. But it was packed. Who the hell's going at 7.30 in the morning on a Saturday? I only went because the, uh, the 10.45 was uh, filled. It's packed. But I was very uptight about it. But then, I mean, how great. She even, you know, Lori told me, the instructor, she's like, it's going to change your whole life around. It's going to change your whole day. Because you're done. She's right. You know, then at 9 o'clock, I went to see uh, Lee and hung out a little bit. And then I uh, walked home. And it was so different because, you know, I was home by like 11. And, uh, you know, took a shower, took a nap. And then I was like, okay, maybe I should go out tonight because it's early. I should do something. So Ashley is working at this new place in Mount Kisco. Remember, I told her I'm probably never going to see her again, even though I saw her on Monday and Saturday. So I went to the bar. It's called Little, Little Drunken Chef. It's a stupid name. Uh, it's in a strip mall in Mount Kisco. It's about 40 minutes away. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go visit her. What am I doing? Let me get out of the house. If I stay in, I'll be very uptight. Because then I'll just keep gambling, you know, on college football. I know I was gambling. I think I bet the over on the Ohio State game, which was just stupid. It was just gambling to gamble. It wasn't my favorite bet. I was waiting for the Alabama game, which I was pretty sure about was going to cover, which they completely did. 
So I went up there, and I, you know, I mean, for me, I'm sitting at my home relaxing. You know, I've showered. I've taken a nap. I'm very relaxed. I'm watching TV. Uh, the comfort. Remember I got that ottoman? I finally took it out of the box. Uh, but it's too, it's too tall for the couch. But I haven't tried it with the chair yet. I think it's a little too tall. I can't decide, but the cat likes it. I guess I'll keep it. I mean, how do you send something like that back? I think I just have to keep it anyway. No, I'm looking at it now. I don't know. But it was very comfortable. I was hanging out. I had the windows open. A nice view of the city. It was a beautiful day. And I'm like, you know, uh, if I go up there. I mean, listen to what I got to do. I mean, just to do anything. I mean, to go out of the city. You know, I got to call for my car. They're like, oh, well, give us some time. It's all backed up here. Then I got to get to the car, you know, which is across town. Then you got to get out of the city in your car. And then you finally got to travel, you know, the distance. And that this there's a parkway. It's called the Sawmill River Parkway. Never be drunk on that parkway. Jesus Christ, that's disgusting. That's why I would always move to New Jersey. I never want to live up in Westchester. It's very difficult to get through. They have two-lane highways. They're all over the place. They, they're very small, you know, highways. It, you, you, I mean... Fuck that. When you go to Jersey, you get on the, per- the turnpike or the fucking parkway, which are like five-lane highways in a straight fucking line. That's what you want to have. That's what, You know, the traffic empties out. I don't know what the traffic's like if you go uptown. I mean, it's just really bad, and the, everything's too small, and they, they weren't prepared when they built those roads that people, it was, things were going to get out of control. I don't. I mean, I can see. You know, they did the best they could. I guess tough to prepare for. You know, the only thing I get mad about is when like the subways get flooded, like as if they didn't prepare for it to ever rain. <laughs> you know, like the the Con Ed place got uh, under Hurricane Sandy. The Con Ed place downtown got flooded. <laughs> like, like they they didn't prepare for a flood, even though it's by the water. Like, whoever built shit in the 1920s or 30s or 40s just didn't think, well, it's never going to get that bad. I know things are different now with global warming. There's a little bit more. But still, if you've read the Bible, you know shit happens eventually. And sometimes it goes in 100-year cycles. So if you're such a free thinker that you're able to build a fucking subway system in New York City, a fucking underground railroad that you can come up with that in your head. How are you not thinking that it might rain one day <laughs> you know, or get cold? Oh, gee, I didn't, think, uh, oh, I didn't think it would snow that much. It's kind of weird, right? Makes me angry that, they, that they're not prepared. Well, we didn't think it would actually rain. So anyway, I went to this place, right? So, okay, I'm going to tell you something. It's a tapas place. I didn't know that. I fucking hate tapas. If you, I mean, tapas, if you know what that fucking is, it came out about, what do you think, like 10, 15 years ago it started kind of coming out. And to me, it is a fucking, you know, whorish way to, you know, price appetizers higher. And so you buy more food because they give you smaller portions and it really rakes up your price. And it makes me angry. Because, you know, appetizers. I like appetizers. 
you know, like nachos and wings and stuff like that, tapas. And they try to be all fancy. Then you get like, you know, I ordered uh, shrimp. They give me like three shrimp because it's tapas and it's extra expensive. Well, fuck you. I didn't know it was a tapas place. I wouldn't have gone. I wouldn't have gone. Makes me really angry. That I mean, it's been making me angry. Like consistently, I've been very consistent. Remember how I'm a champion of consistency. Take Jay Moore, for instance, the comedian. Jay Moore has been a dick from the first day I've met him. You know? He's kind of a prick. But I love him because he's always been a dick. So if I choose to be friends with him, I know what I'm getting into. He was a dick before he was famous. He's a dick now. Not like a horrible dick, but you know what I mean. He's just that kind of guy. You know, he likes to give you shit. And he doesn't care. And uh, neither do I. Because he's always been consistent. Uh, My friend Kevin Brennan. Always a ball buster. Always a ball buster. I like consistency. So about, I guess, has it been 10 or maybe, maybe 12 years ago, uh, I was making the, the Cars movie, which I talk about often, which I, I got to put out somewhere. I don't know. And I'm making that movie, and uh, and I, we're having the screening. And Lee and, and his wife invite this girl. And I'll never forget her name. It was Perry Hatcher. Not Terry Hatcher. Perry Hatcher. And she was very pretty. Long blonde hair. Stuff I really like. Beautiful face great body she was wonderful so i said to lee once like after the screening i'm like i didn't even talk to her i just saw her and i'm like who was that blonde girl that you know was your friend we talked maybe a little bit she's like oh that's perry hatcher and i'm like oh i I actually really like her and uh i was like do you think she'd go out with me he's like i don't know um or something and then i talked to either him and his wife or i guess i talked to laura about it and then i talked to lee and i go you know, I really like that girl, Perry Hatcher. He goes, yeah, uh, she likes you too. Like, he was shocked. But I wasn't mad because I was, I'm like, what? <laughs> because that never happens. She does? What, is she retarded? Is she retarded? Should I take her to the zoo for the first date? That's why you take retards to the zoo. Take her to the zoo. She works at a pet store, right? She's probably a retard. Um, yeah, so we went out. And the first night we went out, she wasn't from here. She was from um, the South. So she had a little accent. Dave, I like you. <laughs> she was very pretty. And we went out a few times. The first time we went out, uh, I guess she lives on the Upper West Side. So I was finding a place, and I found a place, and it was a stupid tapas place, but I didn't know what tapas was at the point. So I'm ordering all this food for us. The bill was about 200 bucks, and I was furious. Trying to hold it in, trying to hold it in, because you don't want to seem Jewy, and you don't want you don't, especially on a first date. And I don't have a problem spending the money on a first date like that at all, or ever, any date. I'm always going to pay for a girl. I feel horribly guilty if they pay for me. Just the way I've been brought up, and there's nothing I can do about it, even though my mother and my sister have told me times have changed. I can't help myself. I can't help myself. Is all I can do. This is the way I've been brought up. I gotta pay for the woman. I don't care if it's the first date, the second date, the third date. That's the way it's been. My grandmother used to give me extra money because I was a boy. And boys take out girls. 
so I used to tease my sister that I'm like, oh, how much did you get from uh, grandma? And uh, she's like, oh, I got 20 bucks. I'm like, oh, I get 50. Um, so we went. So I was furious, just furious because not of the price, but the price because of for what it was. And I was angry. Oh, because I guess she chose the place. And I really took it out on her. And I was so angry when she invited me upstairs to her house to probably have sex. <laughs> I was like, uh, no, thank you. Because I'm pissed and I can't get over it. Because if anyone's a retard here, it's clearly me. She's like, do you want to come up? No. I'm very angry and I can't get over this. It's like that story I told on uh, Artie's show the other day. Me and Rachel Feinstein were hanging out with this girl that we had just met. Very pretty. Really cool. We're hanging out all night. We're drinking. I, I think we're in a cab or maybe I'm driving. I don't remember. Somebody else is driving. And I drop her off at our house, and she goes, why don't you come up, David? We were dropping Rachel off somewhere else. She goes, David, why don't you come up? We just met. I have a whole bunch of blow upstairs uh, <laughs> that uh, needs to be done. Uh, so why don't you come up? And uh, I'm like, no, no. The sun is up. Night is over. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, but I have all the sun is up. The night is over so we drop her off and then Rachel's just staring at me and she's just she's like um I'm just gonna put it out there are you homosexual <laughs> what do you mean that girl wanted to have sex with you that's why she was asking me upstairs I'm like um Rachel I don't know whether you've noticed but the sun is up and those are the rules and it is all about consistency because if there is no water there is chaos so, so if you wonder why I do the podcast alone, why I am a single man with a cat, why I am not married at this advanced age or have no children, <laughs> it's because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I choose not to procreate on uh, occasions where it is offered because I have standards that are so weird. <laughs> What is the matter with me? So, uh, speaking of gay, let's talk about Charlie Sheen for a second. <laughs> Everybody's asking me if I have AIDS now because, uh, you know, I was at Charlie Sheen's house during the chaotic part where he was giving everybody AIDS. So I'm pretty sure I got AIDS because I was sitting on his couch. We were touching. Maybe got high together. She had a joint. You know, maybe. But, well, it's funny. Um, when I think about the early 80s, when AIDS first came out, and my friend Alan Klein, who I've had on the show multiple times, nobody knew how you caught AIDS. You know, it was a new disease, and nobody knew how it was. We, we were pretty sure it was through, you know, gay men, anal sex, and needles, but nobody was positive. So I remember we got high with Alan once, me and my friends from Jersey, and um, after we left, we were... We were a little nervous <laughs> that we shared a, a, a joint and that possibly we could now all have AIDS. We never took it out on him or anything, and we shared many after that, but we thought about it because you just weren't sure how it was transmitted back in the day. So, I don't know. 
I mean, we don't really know how Charlie Sheen. I mean, of course we know, but that's the thing. I guess he must have gotten it from like a, like one of those prostitutes or something. Just like in that movie uh, Dallas Buyers Club, that's how McC- Matthew McConaughey caught it, right? Then he fucks some girl and he saw track marks and so it opens. He sees track marks on her, so he's fucking her from behind. And uh, you know, there it is. I guess. You know, anal sex too. Who knows what kind of sex he was having? Who knows? So I probably have AIDS. Thank you, Charlie. Appreciate that. Now we really have something to talk. But I was uh, thinking about all the stars that have, you know, had AIDS or that died of AIDS, you know, that were gay that had to come out of the closet because they had AIDS. You know, um, uh, one of my favorites, uh, the gay kid from Who's the Boss? No, you try it. Let's go back to Phil and Bob, will you please? You are a terrific teacher. You could teach anything. Hey, but this isn't ready yet. I'm starved. You taught Jonathan the facts of life? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, he started to, but Grandma had already told me, so I cut Tony's story off where the field mouse gets to the meadow. I mean, how gay was this kid even in the show? Well, he started to, but um, I stopped it where the field mouse was in the meadow. <laughs> oh... I used to do a, a full bit that's on television somewhere where it's talking about that kid from Who's the Boss and just how gay he became as the show by the seventh season. He was so gay and it still wasn't cool that the producers and the writers had to find ways to not hide it, but just by the end they just gave up. And then he just was like, well, I mean, I'm supposed to, because then he, all of a sudden he, he would have these friends and they were all seemingly gay if you've seen some of these later episodes and they're like Tony could you do that thing with the hula girl in your tattoo make her move make her dance and he's like yeah sure and all his friends are like oh <laughs> like it's like all these gay boys and they're watching you know Tony Danza move his tattoo with the thing I remember it was like I'm like oh my god they've just given up they've just making he just comes in and out of scenes with one line just being like hey everybody <laughs> uh, well, I was going to, but the field mouse. Field mouse gets to the meadow. <laughs> well, he started to, but Grandma had already told me. So. Well, he started to. Come on, I sound just like him. <laughs> well, he started to. To, but Grandma had already told me, so I cut Tony's story off where the field mouse gets to the meadow. <laughs> <laughs> Big laugh from the audience. Oh, anyway, he's got AIDS. Uh. <laughs> Uh, and then um, one of my favorite ones also I mean I got a lot of favorites Um, I don't know why uh, people that have AIDS um, only because I don't know why it's funny but Robert Reed on the set of the Brady Bunch that guy's so angry and he's just so gay now that we know how gay he was and I remember when they told me he died of colon cancer and I'm like no no he died of AIDS now they're saying he died of AIDS but for when he first died, they were all like, no, it's colon cancer. I'm like, no, it's AIDS. The fuck is the matter with you people? It's so obvious to me. I don't know why I was the only one who knows. Now it's, it's out there that it was definitely AIDS. But um, I, I, taped, I remember uh, watching Growing Up Brady, which was the Greg Brady story of the Brady Bunch, and the actor playing it was just so fucking gay. He was so angry. I don't know if you've read anything about Robert Reed and the fucking Brady Bunch. He was so angry. And he hated Sherwood Schwartz. He hated working on that show. He liked the kids, but he hated. He's like, I'm supposed to be doing Shakespeare, motherfuckers. Like, there's a scene, and I couldn't find it, where he wakes up, 
in bed with his lover who's got a mustache and it's just so it's weird to see two dudes together it's still it's still weird for me it always makes me laugh i don't know why um and he gets up and he gets the script in the man he's like well i'm i'm gonna be up all night rewriting this script i mean what an asshole what a fucking asshole i mean just what a complete douche you are on a successful show you are making money you're on tv every week and all you're doing is complaining you dumb fuck god doesn't that make you so fucking angry here's a scene from that uh show oh he's he's coming in completely drunk so who put that damn thing in my way i was probably sherwood You'd like to see me break my neck so you can write me out of this silly show. Hello, everybody. Maddie's home. Hey, Bob. How are you? Uh, then he goes to Greg and he's like, I'm a good actor. And you could have a real future in this business. As long as you don't get stuck doing this sitcom dribble. You know? He's like hugging him. Mary, go home. Uh oh. There he is. The Eugene O'Neill of sitcom land. Tell me, old master, what's my motivation in this scene? There was a story about a man named Brady. What a dick. He's like completely drunk and he's on the set in front of the kids. He's like, oh, he loves those kids. Meanwhile, what a dick. They have to sit through that all the time. No wonder they're all fucked up. You suck, Robert Reed. You're an asshole. You are a fucking asshole. What a dick. I know those stories. Are, I mean, I know that's only Greg's depiction, but we've heard it from every cast member. They all liked him. He was all nice to them. But is it nice if you're going to come, constantly complain, make trouble on the set, come in drunk in front of fucking children? What was Cindy? Fucking 11? You fucking cocksucker. You're an asshole. I don't know why I'm so mad about this. It's just bothering me. I'm sitting in my house. I'd love to be in a fucking... You know I want to be in a fucking dog with a blog. <laughs> I'm not going to complain. I know what dog with a blog is. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do dog with a blog, and then I'm going to audition for a Shakespeare fucking play if I'm that fucking full of myself, you fucking cocksucker. And that's not an insult, actually. So it's okay. He actually was a cocksucker. He loved other guys' cocks. Robert Reed. Loved it. Oh, my God. In that movie, Growing Up Brady, I hadn't seen it in a long time. Uh, the kid from the OC, Adrian Brody, is in it. He plays Greg. And you ready for who plays Marsha? Kelly Kuko from The Big Bang Theory. I had no idea. She's, like, really young. Still looks really hot. And they have some hot makeout scenes in that Greg and Marsha. <laughs> because, you know, that's clearly how he sold the show. Hey, we should make a, a telemovie uh, called Growing Up Brady. It's uh, basically just me having sex with Marsha the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, we'd love to buy that. Whatever do you mean, Gregory? And of course, the classic of all time where it all started is Rock Hudson. And it's funny, um, when he came out, and he was certainly, you know, handsome, rugged, good looking. I mean, that was a shocker to people, except for me, your pal Dave Jessica, who's got gator like you wouldn't believe, because it has been handed down. My dad told me he was gay. <laughs> A long time ago, because apparently my dad saw him in Jim Neighbors. <laughs> well, I don't know if he was in the army or something. He saw him in Jim Neighbors hanging around holding hands one day. And he goes, oh, yeah, that was. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, all right, first of all, that that's ridiculous. 
There's no way Rock Hudson's gay. And number two, if you're going to be gay, you're not going to be gay with Jim Neighbors. What the fuck is the matter with you, old man? <laughs> well, golly, <laughs> who the fuck would find Jim Neighbors? Geez, hard. We're going to be. And what about that fake singing? Uh, did you ever, oh, my God. I should have gotten that clip where fucking Dave Thomas plays uh, Jim Neighbors. They're doing an Andy Griffith uh, spoof in SCTV. And uh, Dave Thomas, it's so classic. Is and they're like, and Jim Neighbors will be joining us, and he's like, oh, when you, when I'm calling you, and he's doing the phony opera singer that Jim Neighbors used to do. You know, he used to put on albums. It was just so stupid because it's basically just the way I'm doing it. When I'm calling you, um, and so he clearly, Dave Thomas said, well, I can only do Jim Neighbors singing, so I can't do the his voice. So let's just say, so they do it like this. Um, he does the singing, and then he starts talking. To him. But actually, it's a legendary impre- impressionist. Um, it's not. Uh, oh, Fred Travelina. <laughs> but it's actually legendary impressionist, uh, impressionist Fred Travelina. <laughs> and then he does the golly, because I guess he was nervous that his gym neighbor's talking wasn't good enough. So he said, let's say that it's Fred Travelina, which even made it fucking funnier. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you remember Fred Travelina. He used to, he was the, the poor man's Rich Little. Um, I think arguably funnier than uh, Rich Little, but he, Rich Little did better impressions. But, um, yeah, oh my God. So he's fucking Rock Hudson dating Jim Neighbors. How's that possible? And um, here's some, now this was interesting. You know, I mean, you probably heard this, but in the movie Pillow Talk, him, Doris Day, Tony Randall, which is so funny, right? Tony Randall. Tony Randall playing the straight guy. Um, he has to... I don't know if you know the plot of it. It's a, you know it's an old movie from the 60s, and um, he plays. he's playing a, a gay guy. He's pretending to be gay. It's very brilliant, so Doris Day will completely kind of attack him in, you know, 1950s, 60s attacking, um, where it would be way hotter in this day and age. Uh, and here's some of it. So you remember that gal I told you about, Jan? Who? Jan? I'm gonna move the one on. with the party worm like me. Right. About what? Your Western gentleman. He turned out to be a prairie wolf, didn't he? Uh, Mr. Allen, this may come as a shock to you, but there are some men who don't end every sentence with a proposition. Oh, come on. You mean he didn't try to get you up to his hotel room? Yes, he took me to his hotel room. Uh-huh. He showed me Central Park, and then we left. And nothing else? Nothing. Hmm. That's even worse than I thought. Worse? What do you mean worse? Oh, well, uh, must I spell it out? Either you're not telling the truth, or, uh... Or what? Well, there are some men who just, uh... Well, they're very devoted to their mothers. You know, the type that likes to uh, collect cooking recipes or exchange bits of gossip. What a vicious thing to say. Oh, I hope I'm wrong, but, uh, don't you think you'd better make sure? You are sick! So, basically, Rock Hudson in that movie uh, just described me. So, actually, I wish I hadn't played that clip. And what he described all happened to me today. I talked to my mother on the phone um, about Hanukkah. <laughs> um, I actually 
downloaded a recipe that I'd seen on Facebook because the, the dish looked so delicious that I kept it just in case I ever feel like cooking. I remember exactly what it was. It was the saucy something. It, the recipe was like a Swiss steak, and it looked unbelievable. Oh, and I've been gossiping all day, uh, you know, about Charlie Sheen and stuff. So I guess once again, I have proven to myself I am a homosexual. Well, I've you've done it again, Josh Cow. The only thing that's not gay about me is I'm doing this Godfather thing, so that's that's something, right? But again, you would know I'm not gay. I mean, you can tell there's two basic things that say I'm not gay: the way I dress and the way I my apartment, which is disgusting. And that would these two things would clearly tell you I am not a gay man. But uh, I'm not trying to get out of it. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, she's even embarrassed. I mean, embarrassed. Uh, so later on, he um, he meets her at a bar, and uh, well, let's just do it. Um, tell me about your job. It must be very exciting working with all them colors and fabrics and all. She's like questioning, uh, you know, right now she's falling for, uh, I think he is gay. Would you like some dip? Mm. Ain't these tasty? Mm. Wonder if I could get the recipe. Sure would like to surprise my ma when I go back home. such a good speaking voice but I never cared for her I don't like that short hair nonsense I don't think she'd be my type but then uh, who is Perry Hatcher where's Perry Hatcher what's she doing uh, mm. so it's kind of hot that he's getting her to like kind of attack him but he has to pretend to be gay like he's holding his pinky up it must have been so insulting to him since he couldn't be out and he couldn't be out. I mean, it would have destroyed him. It would have destroyed him, just like Tom Cruise. I mean, it, 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 it'd be over. I mean, it's unfortunate, but it's true. And the only person that has made a successful transition, of the most successful transition in history, where he's come out of the closet, and it has completely not only helped, but prospered, made him funnier, made him a better actor in every way, do you know what I'm going to say? Is Neil Patrick Harris, NPH. NPH would never do something like that. I mean, that's that's the guy, right? I mean, it's it's unbelievable what he was able to do. I'm writing you up a ticket. A ticket? Are you serious? 
Who the fuck are you, shitwad? Let me apologize for my friend here. I'm very sorry. I'm really glad you're here. We've had a rough night. You know the show Doogie Howser, MD? Yeah, great show. God, I love that show. Doogie. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris stole my car tonight. Hey. NPH wouldn't do that, right? NPH wouldn't do that. Um, that made him a star, that uh, Harold and Kumar, and it only became funnier when he came out of the closet, you know, playing kind of a poon hound. I mean, it, think because think about this, right? All right, it's really funny. He's in all the Harold and Kumar movies, so he's already really funny. And playing a poon hound. And then he's on uh, the TV show for nine years, also playing a poon hound. And it's extra funny now that he's gay. It actually makes it funnier because he's, he's, he's good looking. He seems like a good guy. He's got a very good sense of humor. But then think about him being in Gone Girl, you know, where he's completely playing a straight guy who's obsessed with this girl. That's, I mean, think about that. After, if Tom Cruise or, you know, John Travolta even came out of the closet finally, like came out, I don't think they'd be able to play those roles because it's been too long. He, he transitioned perfectly. The fact that he's in this major motion picture, this Gone Girl, and he's playing this guy, and you not for a second do you think that he's gay in the movie. I mean, certainly, you know, most guys were like, I can't believe he's gay. Uh, why would he be into this girl? Like, why does he want to fuck her? You know, like, but, all right, maybe we're thinking it, but still, the performance wins it over, and then you're not thinking of it. It's like Travolta in uh, that Primary Colors that I always talk about, where he plays Bill Clinton, and then after a while, you just for completely forget it's Travolta. It seems ridiculous at the time that John Travolta would be playing President Clinton, and then 10 minutes in, you're just like, oh, I forgot it was Travolta. He's fucking fantastic. So that's that's an amazing feat. I mean, it really is, if you think about it. Uh, you know, even in this day and age... Quite fascinating. Now, where else are we going today? I got a lot of and a lot of material just in case. AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. Ah, here we are. <laughs> the sexiest man alive. <laughs> oh my god. I'm just gonna call the show. You're just so gay. <laughs> What's the matter? <laughs> Look at these topics. It's just a coincidence, but it's uh, it's a bad coincidence for you, pal Dave Jusko. Oh, my goodness. Starting with The Godfather, you think it's, well, this is going to be a manly show. This is going to be unbelievable. They announced The Sexiest Man Alive today for 2015. It's David Beckham. And if you are a dude, you're probably sick of this fucking asshole and his whole fucking family. That goes for you and your whole fucking family. I don't like the way you come out here in this clean country and pass yourself over as regular Americans your oily hair you and your whole fucking family yeah everybody's sick of the Beckhams but you, know, you look at the cover eh he's pretty good looking and I was looking at some of the people that have won before I mean they are pretty on if you're man enough to realize yeah I mean there's a pretty good looking guy I mean the year before this they had Thor makes sense Adam Levine duh Channing Tatum, of course. And then in 1998, it was cool they did Harrison Ford, and he was already in his 50s. Now that's badass. Because Harrison Ford rules. Brad Pitt was in twice. Patrick Swayze in 91. It is fun. I mean, they, it, it is a good list because it makes sense. Tom Cruise, 1990. Sean Connery in 89, he was already 60. Yes. You'd love seeing that shit. When they give the tributes 
to the boys that are awesome. Connery, Harrison Ford. I think they made a mistake in 87 with Harry Hamlin. Mark Harmon in 86. It's funny because they should have him on the cover now. He still looks amazing in NCIS, right? He's a good-looking older dude. And now he's 64. And then, of course, Mel Gibson. What a jerk-off. I just heard he went to join ISIS. Isn't that weird? Some of the other people they've had, um, you know, I mean, it really is, makes sense. George Clooney, Richard Gere, Pierce Bronson, Ben Affleck. Fuck him. He sucks. Johnny Depp twice. Duh. Matthew McConaughey. Mm. Matt Damon. I don't know about that. Hugh Jackman. Ryan Reynolds. No way. Bradley Cooper. Makes sense. And last year, they started doing The Sexiest Woman Alive. Norgro winner, Kate Upton. Yes, I'm in agreement with most of them. Sometimes they put out the controversial ones, so you'll talk about it. Very smart. It's very smart. Not dumb. Like everybody says, it's smart. Um, oh, wait. Did I... Uh, the comedy seller. Yeah. Oh, you know, this Friday... Uh, going to the Stress Factory, you know, with my niece to see uh, Gary Goldman, who was our guest on our show. He's going to perform at the Stress Factory this Friday, uh, November, I think this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, you know, if you're around, we'll be there. The early show Friday. Um, it should be good. He's a great comic. Looking forward to it. Trying to get my niece some friends. Uh, <laughs> you know, I made sure she bought a roommate. And uh, I don't know. I just hope she, uh, I don't know. I hope this works. It better. Let's talk about football for a second. Now, last week, College Game Day was in Waco, and the guest picker, I don't know if you, you, know, if you watch it or not, but I, I'm obsessed, and I love the end of the show. They make their picks, and then Lee Carso always puts on a, um, a mascot head, and he waves, and I find it cute. Uh, it's, it's really adorable when he sets it up. I love it. It's really funny. So this week, their guest picker was Jeff Dunham. If you know Jeff Dunham and Peanut, and they, I mean, they were treating this guy as if he was the biggest rock star on the planet. They show him getting off the plane at night, you know, waiting, you know, for the show. And they show, oh, Jeff Dunham, he's got a suitcase with him. Who's he going to bring with him? Looks like he's got a friend with him. That's what they just kept saying. They, he kept walking up the stairs and they're like, oh, he's got a friend with him. I mean, he's a ventriloquist. Of course, he's got a fucking friend with him. It's the stupidest thing. So he bought Walter, that old person puppet, and, um, you know, it wasn't that funny, but uh, the puppet had, like, a, a microphone, you know, like, headset, <laughs> and that was funny. Uh, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Will make me laugh every time. This week they're going to Columbus, Ohio for the Ohio State-Michigan State game. That should be interesting. Ohio State undefeated. Uh, Michigan State could totally give them some trouble, and that would... Uh, Save some room for Iowa. They announced the top four. It's still uh, Clemson one, Alabama two, Notre Dame three, or Notre Dame four, Ohio State three. I don't agree with that Notre Dame. I just don't care for Notre Dame. They always just get preferential treatment, and I don't like it. Now, last week, um, TCU was playing Kansas. They were favored by 45 points. They won by six. Like, I had a feeling, but, you know, you don't want to put your money on, like, a losing team. So, you know, Rutgers beat them. That's why they were favored by 45 points. But you know what happened? What's happening is once these teams have a loss, they're so devastated, they can't come back. They seem to lose twice. 
and that's what happened at TCU. They lost to Oklahoma State really bad. They recovered, but, you know, not classically. Uh, I was watching the Michigan-Indiana game at uh, the Little Drunken Chef place, and it was um, great. It went to two overtimes. Michigan finally won, and they should they should not have even had a problem with Indiana. Remember, that's the team that, you know, Rutgers beat <laughs> again, right? Oh, this is what I wanted to tell you about Tapas and that little drunken chef. Now, I went there. Now, I'm I'm not a New York snob. You, you, you know I'm probably not. I mean, I guess I am a little, but, I mean, you know, I have chicken wings and beer and nachos. I mean, that's the kind of person I am. But this place, their food was subpar, and I don't know whether it's an out-of-the-city thing or not, but I got a whole bunch of stuff because I wanted to try everything. So I got peel-and-eat shrimp. Peel-and-eat fucking shrimp is stupid. Just fucking bring me shrimp. You know I love the shrimp. I can't pass it up. Shrimp was horrible. I don't know whether that's just a peel-and-eat thing or whether that's their shrimp. They also had an oyster bar. So I had, like, three oysters, and they were okay. They were probably the best things. Then I had a paella. And, you know, there's a place downtown called El Quijote on 23rd Street. I've been going for 20 years. And that's so much more awesome, and it's probably the same price. They just didn't put enough stuff in it, and it's not – it just was okay. Everything was just okay. And I ate something else that was just okay. And when you charge on those prices, you call it tapas, and you're trying to be real cool. I want everything to taste brilliant. And it makes me angry when it doesn't. That's what I have to say about that. <coughs> but I was by myself. I just went by myself. I mean, I know Ashley was working, so I just had to sit up by myself at the bar. I made some people at the bar, but it is kind of awkward. You know, and it usually makes people uncomfortable if somebody's alone. I mean, obviously they knew I knew the, um, you know, the whole staff was just like, oh, is that your sugar daddy? Kind of embarrassing. Which was weird. She goes, oh, if I knew you were coming, you're not going to believe this. And she's like, I, if I had if known you were coming, I would have told you to stop and get me a Reese's peanut butter cup. And I'm like, oh, I have one in my pocket. And I had one. When does that ever happen? <laughs> Here you go. And uh, I don't know. I was carrying a bunch of candy, I guess, from Halloween in my pocket, and it was still in my jacket. And, it, you know, it wasn't melted. It was in perfect shape. <laughs> when does that ever happen? God, I could really go for a piece of chocolate. Here you go. I mean, she specified the exact, I want a Reese's peanut butter cup. And I'm like, oh, got that right here. Alabama completely won and covered, 31-6. to six. But my bet, and I told you last week, I liked Stanford minus 10 over Oregon. They lost. They really blew their whole season. That that killed me. And, you know, I didn't like Baylor. I didn't like it that much, but it was only two and a half points. At the end of the night, I'm like, well, let's just give it a try. They lost badly. And I didn't like Iowa with the points, so um, whatever. So I didn't do that well. I won the Alabama one, but I didn't do too well. This week... I think I'm going to take North Carolina. They're only minus six and a half over Virginia Tech, and North Carolina is playing crazy. And if one of those one-loss teams gets a two-loss, you know, I think they can really move up, and they've been beating some pretty big teams, and they've been beating people by a lot, and I think they're really hungry. So I think I might take that one. And I don't know, do you bet on Baylor and Oklahoma State again? I mean, can Baylor ruin Oklahoma State season? Or do you just take Oklahoma State and go with my theory saying once they've lost, they're so dejected, they're going to lose again? So do you bet Oklahoma State? Now, would you bet the over at 78? No. God, no. 
78. You believe that? Last week, NFL-wise, I did, you know, I did so good in the morning, and then those afternoon games, they kill me. I missed the Jets, obviously. Totally had Carolina, minus 4.5 over Tennessee. Had Chicago, plus 7.5. That was a no-brainer for me. That was too many points. And they won. Uh, I had Miami, plus 6.5 over Philadelphia. Again, too many points. Philadelphia's not that great. Did Miami win? Did they win that game? I think Miami won that game. Yeah, that's even weirder. Oh, that's why it's... Huh. That's why the spread must be low for this week. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. Now, Green Bay, I completely had. I I said it on this podcast. They're going to kill Detroit. I don't know what the fuck happened. Detroit won. Something's wrong with Green Bay. I was way off on that. Totally had Tampa Bay over Dallas. Was not longer going to bet on that backup quarterback. He stinks. I remember I did tell you, and I gave you a very good advice. Washington at home is playing like game busters. They beat the shit out of New Orleans. I knew their defense. Rob, uh, Rob Ryan just got fired because their defense is a real bag of crap. Washington was my best bet of the week, and that came in completely. Um, I lost on uh, Cleveland-Pittsburgh, but I won the Jacksonville over Baltimore because I knew Baltimore is bad. And Jacksonville won the game. And then just the afternoon happened, and it went to hell. I totally could have won the pool. I had Oakland over Minnesota because I thought, you know, at home, I don't know, they lost bad. I had New England. I think everybody did with the points over the Giants. And, Jesus, the Giants almost won that game. That was a very interesting game. I'm glad they lost, but I hate New England. So, you know, I've just hated that matchup for a long time. And Denver, I totally picked them. Wow, that was so depressing. I just – and I had heard something about Kansas City where I was thinking of changing it, and I'm like, no, I'm going to stick with my boy, but he's he, something was wrong. And, wow, that was a disaster. And then at night, you know, I definitely took Arizona in the over, and that completely came in. I loved Arizona, plus three and a half, plus three and a half. Seattle's not good. I'm right about certain things, and I'm wrong on a couple of other things. Like, I'm right on some of the teams that aren't that good. So let's go over, and, uh, you know, Cincinnati, I co- totally got burned on. Ten and a half was too many points, but... I thought they'd beat Houston. So let's see if we take some of our theories from this week where we're definitely right, can they go over? Now, the Jaguars and the Titans, I mean, that's that's an impossible game because the Titans play pretty good. And the Jaguars play good too. So I'm just taking the over. It's like 43. But I think I bet the Jaguars. Or did I take the Titans with the points? I might have taken the points. I don't know. So then you have the Redskins and the Panthers. But the Redskins are on the road. And the Panthers are good, but it's seven and a half points. The Panthers have been beating people, but again, they beat them scrappy. But I think I would, I think I stuck with the Panthers. The Redskins on the road aren't as good as they are at home. And the Panthers are much different than the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, the, or the Saints. And the Redskins are beating teams that stink. So, I don't know. I think I'm going with the Panthers. The Raiders and the Lions, oh, my God, who the fuck knows? That's a, that's a horrible bet, but I don't know. So I'm going with the Cowboys over Miami. Now, I think the, the line is pick them because I guess they don't know how Tony Romo is going to play since he's been sick or whatever, you know, injured. And because Miami beat the Philadelphia Eagles last week, I think it's um, – and they're playing at home. It's a pick them game, but I really like the Cowboys. I think Miami stinks. And I think the Cowboys are a completely different team with Tony Romo. I think they'll be invigorated. I think they win that game big. I think Philadelphia is bad. 
and that's why Miami won. I've been saying that. They're not great, but they beat bad teams usually. But then their quarterback was out too. Um, Atlanta's minus six over the Colts. I know Luck isn't playing, but we've decided Atlanta just something is wrong. So I think I'm taking those points. You know, I'm not betting. This is just for the pool. I haven't seen anything I really like yet, except maybe the Cowboys will probably put some money on. Jets and the Texans, I don't know why there's not a line yet. Maybe they, yeah, both quarterbacks are injured. I don't know. Um, obviously, I'll be taking the Jets. Uh, you have to hope. The Vikings and the Packers, it's a pick em game. Oh, my God. I have no idea. What's wrong with the Packers? The Vikings are playing amazing. What's wrong with the Packers? It's weird. They've lost three in a row. I mean, first they lost to the Panthers and the Broncos. You're going to let that go. But then losing to the Lions last week? Something is wrong. So then you got the Eagles over the Bucks. The Eagles are favored by six. And we know the Bucks play everyone kind of tough. I think the Bucks are a good pick here. I think the Eagles are starting Sanchez, and you know he's a dick. So I think I'm going to take that plus six. I think that's a pretty good bet. And then the Bears and the Broncos, and they're playing in Chicago? Yeah, I'm taking the Bears. I guess. I mean, I, I don't know, but I think I would. The Bengals and the Cardinals, I am definitely, absolutely, I do not bet against the Cardinals at home. I don't know what happened to the fucking Bengals last week, and I don't care. The Cardinals, you do not take. When they are at home, you take them. It's that simple, even though it's four and a half points. Oh, that's I think that's the Sunday night game. They flexed it. And then uh, the 49ers and the Seahawks. Well, there you go. Now the 49ers, the Seahawks are favored by 13. They're not that great a team, but they do beat subpar teams with the 49ers are with a backup quarterback. Well, now it's not a backup, but I think you got to take the points there because the Seahawks aren't that great. But the 49ers are really bad, but this quarterback isn't as bad as apparently Colin Kaepernick, and they ended up beating the Falcons last time, but that was at home. Tough one. The Chargers and the Chiefs, I'm going all the way on the Chiefs. I don't know what they did to the Broncos, but they might be back, and the Chargers are a mess, even though it's on the road. And the Bills and the Patriots on Monday, are you kidding? I don't know. I think you take the Patriots at home with the points, but they always play the Bills tough, just like playing the Jets. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you know, we. I don't think we've... Uh uh, played in a while. Where is it? Good evening, everybody. It's television time here at the Dave Just Got Podcast. Here's the, uh, well, finally Supergirl dropped out of the top 25. It's just dying a slow death. But yet, I've seen every episode. It's on Mondays. Every Monday night, I come home from Wings. I either watch it Monday night. No, I watch Blind Spot Monday nights, and then Tuesday mornings, I watch Supergirl. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm sticking with it. It is a horrible show. What What is the purpose of me watching it? It makes me angry every week, and clearly, everybody feels the same. It dropped out of the top 25. It doesn't have the lead in. Nobody cares. It's just not working. It's not working. It's stupid. I, we know it's stupid, and if you can go with that premise, that's okay. But it's not. It's just, yeah. So it dropped out. Sunday Night Football, obviously, huge ratings. That was the Cardinals, the Seahawks. They got a seven. 
seven. Empire, which is the hottest show on television, got a 4.9. You said it drops off like that. It's fascinating. Big Bang Theory, 3.7. Now, Big Bang Theory just said, starting on the December 17th episode, ladies and gentlemen, hold on a second. Now i got to go back to my uh, my music. It's not putting it slowly. We have breaking news. Ladies and gentlemen, breaking news. The December 17th episode of The Big Bang Theory has Sheldon and Amy finally losing their virginity and having sex. That news again. The Big Bang Theory, the lead characters, are going to finally have sex. Sheldon is going to have sex with Amy. Big news. Bob Newhart will return as the Jedi in Sheldon's dreams, which is good because that'll key up to Star Wars, which opens the next day. So that is interesting, I think. Um, you know, I watch that show religiously, even though I'm still angry Kelly Cuckoo. I haven't been watching it since she's cut her hair. I mean, I have them on back order episodes, but the show's completely not the same as when she cut her hair. I know, whatever you want to say. Good, fuck. I'm sexist, all right? Look, I'm telling you, She's just, it's just not working anymore. She's growing along. And you know what? I said she was going to get divorced from this douchebag. She fucking put her name, Kelly Kugel, you know, hyphened it. And I said, you are being a a dumb bitch because you are going to look so stupid when this divorce goes to shit, which I had already heard it was. Don't change your name on the fucking screen because now for the rest of your life, you're going to see it's going to say that just like Courtney Cox. Don't change your name on the show. You can change it in your regular life. When, don't change it on the show. It always ends badly. Listen to Farrah Fawcett. Think she was happy about seeing Farrah Fawcett majors every day? Or still, so Charlie Day will rerun. Now she's growing it again. Cause I don't know. I mean, that guy was probably just like, wait, you chopped your hair? I'm out. That's what I would do. Because I had a theory that girls, they keep their hair long to rope a man. And then as soon as they get married, they chop it off. Ooh, I'd be very angry. It's a very smart move, though. It's very devious. Uh, anyway, um, eh, usual stuff. Saturday Night Football cracked the uh, top 25 because that was that Baylor-Oklahoma State game, and everybody wanted to see how that was going to go. So that's fascinating. Uh, the first show to be canceled this season, Wicked City. I wasn't sure about that one because, remember, I said it was a limited episode, but I said it sounds horrible and it was stupid, and we played the player thing, and... It's not just the um, first full show to get canceled. It's the only show to get canceled. They didn't cancel anything else. They pulled it after three airings. That's really not good. You know, if that's uh, that's what I feel, you know, what happened to me. Uh, you know, if I had a show, it'd be canceled immediately. I'd be so upset. But it would, you know, it's like it's some. It's like. Um, what would happen to me is I would host uh, Saturday Night Live. I'd finally get, you know, oh, my God, this is happening. I can't believe it. And then the Paris attacks would happen. And they're like, oh, you know, it's going to be sad. And we got to do other coverage. And Yipes. Well, I think that's our show for today. And uh, 
I don't know. You know, I hope you enjoyed it. I think we got a we got a lot accomplished. We talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, we found out I'm clearly uh, gay. Um, obviously, I think that's what we took from today's show. And uh, I don't know. I'll try and butch it up next week. Is that better for you? Is that should I should I play the Godfather clip one more time before I leave? Would that be better for everybody? They want to have a meeting with me, right? It will be me. Husky and oh my god, and look what I did. I added in a gay bathhouse there. Oh my god. Oh my god, I have a problem. Well, I've got to fix this, and I don't know how. <laughs> it's too it's too late for me. But you people still have a chance. Get out while you can. Well, that is our show for today. Now listen, next week, I mean I'm definitely doing a show. Thanksgiving doesn't stop me. Just gonna decide when to do it. My sister and my niece are coming to town on Wednesday, so I don't know. Do I put them on the podcast? Do I do the podcast on Tuesday? I'll figure it out and I'll get you a fresh show, even though it's Thanksgiving week, because technically Thanksgiving week I should be taking a break. But during football season, no breaks. Except after New Year's. And I'm going straight through. I promised, I promised, I promised, I'll get it done. Anyway, folks. Oh my god, this weekend, right. I'm going to Friday. Oh, and then Saturday, you're not gonna believe this. My nephew. He's in a production of Little Women. I'm going to sit through that. Ugh, this weekend's going to suck. Although Friday should be good. Like I said, Friday night we'll be at the Stress Factory with our friend Gary Goldman. And uh, otherwise, we'll let you know how all that goes on the whole week of Dave Juskow activities and this gay lifestyle next week on the Dave Juskow Podcast. We will see you next time. Hey now.